On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I break down game number two, the importance of it as the Bucks come to town to open the Sixers' home schedule. We'll dive into it next. How big is this one? Right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia with my partner here from the Inquire.com Sixers beat writer, Keith Pompey. Keith, what's going on, man? Another big one tonight. Yeah, what's popping, D? How you been? This is a huge one tonight, right? Yes, sir. Milwaukee Bucks come to town. Giannis, Drew Holiday. We get to see where the Sixers match up with this one. Before we get started, we want to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76 is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76 After a tough loss, 126-117 in the opener on the road Tuesday night in Boston, giving up 70 points between the two All-Stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It doesn't stop there. Tonight, Giannis, as mentioned, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, and the, the rest of the group, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, they all come to town. Notice I did not include Chris Middleton. He is out with uh, still recovering from uh, offseason wrist surgery, so he's not in the lineup, but that will make him much stronger when they do get him back. But as, as far as how things look right now, they're still a very formidable opponent. They are. This is their first game tonight. So the Sixers played one in the books already. The league schedule was pretty heavy on Wednesday. We'll dive into some of those games later on. Milwaukee, though, this is their first game of the season. Keith, what do they need to do, the Sixers, to get this one back, uh, to get this one and uh, get their first victory of the season, bouncing back after that loss on Tuesday? You know, it's weird because when you look at it, I think they need well better execution. I, I also think if we're going to be real, like, you know, I, I think some of these lineups may have to be, if not tinkered, um, at least there's going to have to be like a little bit better uh, in-game adjustments to, to certain things. You know, I mean, you know, like we I don't want to be the dead horse, but when you got somebody going off, you got to bring in some people that, you know, who can defend. And, and, and kind of put out a little bit of fires and, you know, right there. So, you know, but, but, you know, it was the first game. I mean, it was the first game. I, I think that in order, the first thing is that has to happen is, and this has nothing to do with, um, you know, uh, scheme or whatever, but they say great players don't have two bad games. And I know Joel Embiid had numbers, but he wasn't his usual dominant self. Right. So you look at it and you expect Joel Embiid, who's going to be a, a front runner for MVP. You know, he's going to be a guy that everybody's talking about, you know, uh, first team all NBA discussion. You know, Joel Embiid has to basically have a better performance. And I'm not talking, like I said, statistically, I'm talking about the eye test. Joel Embiid has to come out and be more of a dominant force in order for the 76ers to, to win. Agreed. I look at it and I say it starts with the defense. They gave up 126 points in that game, as I mentioned, on Tuesday. That's just way too much, uh, even against a good basketball team. And I know the league is sped up. The speed is there. 
And, and that's fine. I like the points just like the next person. But defensively, they do have to slow things down with the Milwaukee Bucks. Different type of animal when you're talking about Giannis with how he gets his versus what we saw from the two wing players in Boston on Tuesday. So that's where I begin. Starts with the defense, slowing down Giannis, making sure they control how you know he, he can get his. It's going to be that way. So it's just, just going to be. He's that good. He's going to get his. Are you going to let everybody else come in and, and, and have a big impact? We're going to talk about the bench a little bit later, uh, Keith, you and I, of, of what we saw from that game and what needs to be improved in this one. We also have to talk about Giannis and Joel Embiid individually in, in one of the later segments also. But that's a big part of how they lost. You got the 70, yes, from those two. But you also got some big some big points off the bench and uh, where it was such a big discrepancy from the Boston bench to the Sixers. They need to step up a little bit more in this one. As far as uh, the transition defense goes, they gave up 24 fast break points to the Boston Celtics, to their two, okay? 22, a plus 22 difference for the Bucks in that category. That can't happen again. And again, that's the live ball turnovers. Turnovers are gonna happen. And as you said, the eye test with Embiid. Embiid had very good numbers to start off the season at 26 points, 15 boards, five assists. Not good enough because we saw how it happened. Mm -hmm. And this one, um, when when we talk about the fast break points and the turnovers, 14 is not a lot in an NBA game, especially game one of a regular season. 14 is not a lot as far as the turnovers go. But when you get 22 points off of those, that's not good. And Sixers, yes, they got 15 off the 11 mistakes that Boston had, but Look at the difference in how they were. And, 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 and again, the fast break points, fast break points, 24 to 2. So, yes, they got 15 points off of the 11 turnovers. Two fast break points have to do better in transition when you have the opportunity to have uh, crooked numbers where you have the, the numbers advantage and, and have the defense scrambling and trying to figure out how to get back and slow you down. You need to be able to do that. And thirdly, Embiid and, and Maxi in particular have to stay out of foul trouble because uh, they while while the Sixers only lost by nine points, we know it seemed like it was much, much more because they were down by uh, a large margin at some point in that game. If they have any chance tonight against Milwaukee, they're going to have to be able to stay on the floor. I think the the to, to your point about what Doc Rivers wanted to do with his lineup, it got messed up a little bit with those two guys in foul trouble early. He may have had to bring guys in at a, at a time where he didn't want to. And uh, tonight, if they can stay out of foul trouble, I would really love to see how his rotations go against the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. So those are a few of the keys for me, uh, making sure that that happens. They made shots. They shot 50% from the floor. And they weren't very far behind the Milwaukee Bucks in terms of field goal attempts. Three-pointers, they made one more three than them. Free throws, we know they get to the line. James Harden was, what, 10 for 10 or 12 for 12 from the foul line. We know they get to the foul line. It was the turnovers, Keith. It was the turnovers, the fouls that kept Maxie and Embiid off the floor that kept them uh, from helping have a closer game on Tuesday. And I expect that to be an adjustment tonight to make sure that they make a big emphasis on protecting the basketball, transition defense, execution, as you mentioned. And uh, then we'll see, of course, where, where the bench falls in when we dive into them a little bit later. Yes, we gotta talk about that because like the the uh the, the shooting percentage, the fifty percent, that's extremely misleading. I mean, when you when you factor in what the bench did. So, you know, that's something that I'm I'm looking forward to discussing with you. 
All right. Well, you know what? Let's do that next. And we'll get to the Embiid and Giannis part later on. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens, we'll do that next. We'll talk about the bench and what they need to do, have a much better performance in game number two against the Milwaukee Bucks. Back here in Philadelphia, we'll tap in next right here at Locked On 76. Let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the layer latest player developments, team matchup, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your, your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Do it today, people. Do it today. There were a lot of games last night. There are only a few games tonight, but still, do it today. All right. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen game to game. Yes, NBA Eastern Conference, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA, the Eastern Conference, with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, Eastern Conference for us. There's also the Western Conference available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Keith, you had some things you wanted to say about the bench. They were, uh, there was a 34-11 advantage in terms of points, Boston to Philadelphia. Malcolm Brogdon, 16. Uh, Grant Williams, 15. He was perfect from the floor, five for five from the floor. That was, and that was a quiet 15 perfect from the floor performance from Grant Williams. Didn't even realize until after the game when I looked at the box that he was five for five from the floor, three for three from beyond the three point line for his 15 points. But they got 34 points from their bench and played solid defense. Malcolm Brogdon was very much under control in the game. He, you know, composure that he always comes into the game with. He was phenomenal in game number one. As far as the Sixers go, not much from the bench. And it, it is only game one. I expect this to be a very good bench unit. We know how much it has been a problem in the past for the Sixers. I still love the moves that were made to bring these players in from Melton, Harrell, House to add to this basketball team, but not a good start to their Sixers careers on Tuesday. No, nah, it wasn't. I mean, and the thing about it is when we look at this, right, I mean, when we look at this, you know, this season was supposed to be different for the Sixers, you know, with the addition of Harold. You know, he was a sixth man in 2020. And then they have three, you know, uh, uh, three and D wings and De'Anthony Melton and, and Daniel House Jr., right? But the only difference on Tuesday night that I saw was the, the names on the back of the jerseys, D. Let's be real. You know, Harold had more fouls three than points scored. He had two points scored. You know, Melton had five points on two for four shooting, but he was a minus 13. I mean, he couldn't keep uh, – uh, he, he was the backup center for the Celtics. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, who was in there? The, the, the kid who came from Milwaukee. Um, uh, whatever. Well, Blake Griffin was the backup. 
uh, for yeah. a few minutes. But but no, the, the guy he well uh, the guy the guy escapes me. The dude I thought who should have came to the Sixers last year from Indiana, but he he kept blowing by him. You know he and all right and then oh, you, said, you said the big man. You talking about Malcolm Brogdon? No, nah, Malcolm Brogdon backup. I mean backup point guard Malcolm Brogdon, yeah. right? And then House missed both of his shots. Now he did have um, two steals, but he only had one point, right? So it's kind of like, you know, you're saying to yourself, what's really going on right now? George Niang had three points and one for four shooting. Matisse Thibel logged just 23 minutes. His only statistic was a minus one on the floor, right? So we're looking at it where you, you say, okay, the Sixers starters combined for 106 points on 53.7 shooting, while the bench combined for the other 11 on just 30.7% shootings. Whereas the Celtics bench, like you said, had 34 points on 65% shooting. So when we look at it, and I'm sorry, Malcolm Brogdon, for messing your name up and, and going on and on, but when you look at it, it's kind of like the bench has a long way to go. Now, part of the problem could be, whereas they have to get used to that one lineup where you have four reserves in on the floor with James Harden. It reminded me of the Houston Rocket days where James is basically out there to score and you got guys to stretch the floor. But there were occasions where he swung the ball to certain guys, they swung it somewhere else, or they just missed wide open shots. So I think that they have to correct that. I understand it. When you're on the floor with James, you spread the floor, you let him go to work but you have to be able to knock down shots when, when you're wide open. And we just didn't see that. Those shots will fall. They'll, they'll, they'll start to fall again, as you mentioned, game one of the season, they will eventually start to drop for them. So I'm not too worried about it. As I said in, in the open there that I still do like what they have. It just still, it just wasn't their night. And maybe Boston is not a really good matchup. So if they're not a good matchup, how good of a matchup will Milwaukee be now? Now we'll see. I'm not quite sure who will start yet. Uh, is it going to be Pat Connaughton or Grayson Allen? Pat Connaughton's out. He's not playing. Pat Connaughton is out, right? Okay. Yeah, he's out. So yeah. Grayson yeah. Allen, Wesley Matthews, is, are they going to start? And then you have David uh, David Waba, who Nwaba, who's out there as a as a reserve player. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I I don't know, but maybe that was a bad matchup for them where Boston just might be a problem for the Sixers. Who knows? It's only game number one, but maybe that's the case because Boston has had the Sixers number in general uh, for, you know, last couple of seasons and when they match up against one another, but Milwaukee is also a tough opponent. So very curious to see, uh, very curious to see. And again, I also want to see how they perform when out there with Embiid, who's not in foul trouble when they have an opportunity to play with him when he is uh, still upright, good to go, not in any trouble, and see how things uh, develop there for for that bench. But a 34 to 11 uh, disadvantage there in game number one is not ideal for the Philadelphia 76ers. So it's very important for them to make sure that they bounce back tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks and help secure this first win of the season. They were brought here for a reason. I think it will all come together, and I, I can't wait to find out tonight how they do play against this Milwaukee uh, team when they do come in and check in for the game. Did you have any problem with the rotation of the players coming in outside of Matisse Thibel? Um, as far as who know, played. As far like, as who played. 
my, my, my problem, my biggest concern was, and I understand, like, I mean, I get it. You bring in these guys and they are going to play. I mean, let's face it, they're going to play. I just think that there comes a time when you just got to make some adjustments, right? And, and like, the Matisse thing was big to me that he had to play. Now, again, you do expect certain players to 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 produce. But I, I feel like on in a game where you need two things, you need a bona fide scorer, that's Shake Milton, and you need a lockdown defender, that's Matisse. You know, unfortunately, they can't be the same. They're not the same guy, right? I don't know if Shake Milton is a bona fide scorer. He has that I, I think he is. I think he uh, is off the bench. I do. Uh, I do. I I do. I do. I, I think I think the problem I think here, Shake, look, we got to understand something. Shake was a dude who was a two way guy who second round pick. Right. This and that. I think off the bench, he can fulfill that role. I think that the problem is that the Sixers roster has been so jacked up in the past that we, we tried to turn or people tried to turn him into something he's not. And, his, and he wouldn't be in the NBA if it wasn't for getting buckets, I think that's what he can do. He can get buckets to a point where he dropped 30 on, on, on doc. I know his problem, but then all of a sudden we tried to, the Sixers tried to turn him into a, a point guard. So my thing is when he can come in, he can get points. It's just that he has problems with other areas in his games. Matisse could come in and get buckets. What I'm saying is there were certain guys out there and I get it. You got to play through it. But when you're playing a game like this and, and and guys aren't giving you what you expect them to do, sometimes you got to look down at that bench and be like, yo, we're going to go with this guy for the night. No, I don't I'm disagree with that. Yeah, well, you need yeah. a spark. This guy yeah, might put one. Jake might come in and give them 12 points off the bench. Now, you're absolutely right. Can he score? Sure. We've seen it. It hasn't been consistent. That, and that's that's where that's where I guess more of where when you say you know he, he's a, he's a scorer that can come in and get it done. Mm, I mean we we've seen it sometimes, but I've also seen it where it's been a little more questionable to Shake Milton's game and, and him out there getting those buckets as you talk about. So we'll see. I mean, but it, it, it they can use it. Maybe maybe tonight is the night they do call his number and, and as we always talk about. Hey, it's about time and opportunity and feel and uh, when he decides doc rivers to call somebody's number and those guys have to be ready plain and simple yeah and simple. the one thing this is one thing i would uh, the little just a little confusing thing to me was it was there were certain guys in certain player in preseason games who had certain roles mm-hmm. and you expected maybe to translate a little bit and and it just didn't you know what i mean like you know in the, in the preseason it was one of those things where you know, Shake was one of the first guys off the bench. You know what I mean? And and he was he probably had more shot attempts than any other person on the, off the bench. You know, but then it just to me, it's just I I get it. You know, sometimes you you try to figure out what teams are doing, but this one was based off of what they did in the preseason. It did gave you no indication of what was happening, none because. Uh- Good. No, I wonder. I wonder when you say Shake Milton, uh, one of the first off the bench in the preseason versus what we saw in Game One, had to do with who was coming off the bench for for Boston, where Malcolm Brogdon can you know out muscle him, out physical him a little bit. 
defensively can shake stand up to Malcolm to Malcolm Brogdon? Probably not. Even though he has that wingspan, defense is not his forte. As you said, he comes in and he gets buckets. So I wonder if it was more of a matchup thing because Melton seemed like the better call than Shake in game number one when it came to Malcolm Brogdon. That could change tonight. Could be totally different. Javon Carter, though, is a dog. He's a you know, he's nonstop. I I he's not an offensive guy. But he's gonna dig in the shake if if that's the call that they want to go with, and maybe he feels like Melton can handle that a little bit better as a guy off the bench. I agree, but what all I'm saying is that goes down to adjustments. Yes, adjustments because I get that, but then it comes down to adjustments because you know is if someone is not giving you what you need or something like that then you just got to bring in a spark sometimes. You know what I mean? You just, it, you know, it. my 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 concern was I just felt like they weren't making the adjustments that needed to be made. Now, again, they were in there balling with them. I mean, you know, it, it, it's to their uh, defense, the, the it was 63-63 at the half, right? Yeah. You know, and whatchamacallit went off on the third quarter, Tatum. Yep. I get all that, but it came down to a point when you needed someone to give you a shot. The guys off the bench shot 30.7%. Yep, absolutely. Uh, uh, the other guard that they do have, I already mentioned Grayson Allen coming off the bench. I forgot George Hill is still there. And um, uh, we already mentioned Wes Matthews, Jordan Nawara. And yeah, Marjan Beauchamp, your guy from the G League. He, yeah. He's on the roster as a rookie. And AJ Green is one of the other guards that they have on this roster uh, coming off the bench. So see who they start in place of Chris Middleton, see who gets those minutes. I, I'd imagine that George Hill and Javon Carter will also be in the mix with Grayson Hill, Grayson Allen as part of their backcourt rotation tonight against the Sixers. The big guys, though, the stars, Giannis and B. We need to talk about them, their matchup tonight. I'm sure they'll face off. A few times this evening, it's always a big-time matchup, especially nationally televised game. Sure, that'll be the job of uh, Brooke Lopez, but seeing those two match up tonight, we'll talk about it next right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back, Locked On 76ers. Hope you enjoyed that pretty soothing and cool music. That's Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Gibbons. We're here on Locked On 76ers. Previewing the Sixers Bucks tonight, live from the center, the new Penn Medicine Court at the center. Keith, you know, got a new name and all that stuff, man. Penn Medicine Court at the center. So that's tonight, 7.30, nationally televised game uh, here in, in town as we get ready for another matchup in the league between two top stars and I know one thing that, that always jumps out for you is the, the international guys uh, and their star power in this league. But uh, we'll get to that, of course. But uh, also, uh, what are you looking for uh, tonight uh, from these two guys going head-to-head? 
game one for Giannis and game two for Embiid. And as you already mentioned, it was more of an eye test thing. He he didn't play as well in game number one. Man, I'm expecting I'm expecting to see Joel Embiid to come out on fire. I mean, so to speak. You know, here's the thing. You know, we're, we're talking about two of the arguably the, the top five guys in the league, right? They're both internationals. And, and you can make an argument that four of the top five guys, Luka Donich and Nikola Jokic included, are, are you know, are international players. You, you know what I mean? And then you could pick you, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, anybody else you want to put in there. But you can argue that those four guys are among the top five guys in the league. You know, I, I, I look at it like, you know, Embiid all typically has um, a, a tough matchup against this team just because of Brook Lopez on the on the defensive end with Embiid. You know, Lopez likes to to go and play in the perimeter, and I feel like he gets Embiid in no man land a little bit, and he gets a couple threes. But outside of that, you know, I enjoy watching him when he's paired up against Giannis. You know, they they go at it. Um, you can tell that they have a really good friendship. You know, there's times when we go on the road in, in, in Milwaukee and you'll see after the game, Giannis, his son, his his girlfriend, you know, walk past the Sixers locker room and, you know, they'll see Embiid and, and the, the whole nine. And it's kind of like seeing a, a family friend, it's that type of love. But, you know, I, I honestly think that it's going to be something. And and it's one of those things where, you know, we, we can't um, forget about, you know, two years ago, Giannis comes here, he makes the game-winning shot, and what does he do? He goes and he takes a seat near mm-hmm. at the foul line in front of the Sixers bench. The um, fans you know, weren't happy about that one, man. Yeah, yeah, the fans weren't happy, but there's also – but I like seeing stuff like that because even though that Embiid and Giannis are good friends, there's that competitive juice, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to see that tonight. Now – you know, if you know, I, I think we're going to see that at least early on. We're going to see that um, there may be some other things to pay attention to if the Sixers get down big. But but outside of that, I, I think that we're going to see um, a, a nice budding rivalry, even though they play different positions, but a, a budding rivalry rivalry between two of the league's elite players. Yeah, I like to see both of them when they match up together. Oftentimes, as you mentioned, it's the Brooke Lopez part of it where Embiid has to guard him. He's a center. You don't want him out on the perimeter with Giannis as much. That's where the whole fun of Ben Simmons being on his roster with Embiid together. He could defend, you know, to a certain extent. He could do an okay job with uh, Giannis until that brute force just took over on the low block and we get the better of Simmons. But it was the matchup and how they would go because now – uh, I'm, I'm imagining that P.J. Tucker might get that call uh, tonight or, or or Tobias Harris might get that call tonight as far as the matchup matchups go against Milwaukee because you don't want to be, again, getting in foul trouble, pardon me, uh, against this team tonight for a second consecutive game. So I, I do like when they match up against one another. And you're right, look, the four guys from Jokic to Doncic to Embiid and, and Giannis two super talented players that are you know foreign-born players coming over to the league and just making their mark all of them with hall of fame candidacy we know multi-time all-stars and mvps already uh, in their own right so 
this is going to be a fun one. It always is. We expect Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia to be up at the top. Uh, there were some good surprising wins in the East last night where Chicago took down Miami. Toronto got a good win against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So all of these teams, Atlanta won, uh, these teams that we talked about being in the mix, the Sixers are going to be right there, I think, with these two teams in Boston and Milwaukee. And in the end, it's going to come down to their stars. And Embiid and, and Giannis, we get this matchup tonight. It's going to be a fun one. I know the place is going to be nuts in there. They have Sixers regular season basketball back looking at this team. And it will be a really big win for the Sixers if they can get this one done this evening against Giannis and company. He poses a big problem, as we know. He poses a big problem. But Embiid poses a big problem for them, too. That's why he is who he is, two-time runner-up in the MVP candidacy the last two seasons. This is going to be a fun, fun matchup tonight. So uh, before we step away, Keith, uh, talking about the rest of the league a little bit, I uh, mentioned already Miami falling to Chicago at home. That was a big win for Chicago. No Zach Levine, no Lonzo Ball. DeMar DeRozan leads them to a victory. Really, really good job by him beating the, uh, the Miami Heat. Uh, also, again, Toronto taking down the Cleveland Cavaliers. They had their full complement of players. Darius Garland did get hurt in the game, but uh, Donovan Mitchell had a pretty big uh, scoring performance falling, though, to the Toronto Raptors and the Atlanta Hawks picking up a win with their new lineup with De DeJounte Murray in the mix. Uh, also wanted to take a peek at what happened in, in Brooklyn. You know, we talk about them being that team, and they they lost yesterday in a big way, man. It wasn't close. I watched some of that after the Phillies game uh, before I had to head to work and head into the studio. And, look, that New Orleans Pelicans team gave it to the Nets, and in particular, Zion Williamson gave it to Ben Simmons. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is, I mean, Zion really, that's a bad matchup for Ben. Because you remember two years ago? It was like, was it? Yeah, two years ago when the Sixers were in the bubble. Not the bubble, but they played in the empty arena, so to yeah. speak. And Zion gave Ben the business, gave Joel the business, and gave Tobias the business, right? But in a way, you expect Zion to get his, but you don't expect Brooklyn to get clobbered like that. You know what I mean? Like the score was what? It was like 10, it was 102 to, to 89. You know, so, I mean, and then you look at Ben Simmons. It wasn't line. even that close yeah, as exactly. I was watching it. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, Ben Simmons, what he, he had, he Four had goals, more fouls than points. Five assists, six fouls, 23 minutes. Exactly. Six fouls in, in 23 minutes. So, like, to me, that was a disappointing start. Now, he did say he might have been a little bit too hyped up or, or whatever. Uh, yes, but yes. Yeah, but um, it's like you look at this, you look at this starting lineup. I mean, you got Kevin Durant, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. I mean, you know, you, you don't expect them to go to you, – you don't expect them to lose to New Orleans the way they did. But it happened. I mean, you know, I mean, they got they got blown away, man. They really got blown yeah. away. I mean, well, 130-108, it was, it was bad. 130-108. Durant looked good. Uh, Kyrie Irving did not look good. Um, ben Simmons looked terrible. And the rest of them really don't matter in this case. Plus, Joe Harris, Seth Curry did not play. But as far as Ben's performance, and I know we pretty much leave it alone now, but it was game one. It was first game back since that that game, that playoff game against the Atlanta Hawks. He just simply did not look good. He looked he looked like Ben Simmons in most of the things that he did. But 
there was just no pep to his step. There was no jump to his game. Um, him saying he was too excited, he didn't look it. I, that was I'm not buying that comment right there. I was I was probably a little too excited. <laughs> it didn't show, and I know he's not one to show emotion, but he shows it based on his performance, and his performance was terrible. He couldn't couldn't defend Jan, um, uh, Zion Williamson. Others were getting uh, a, a good leg up on him and getting by him. Uh, you saw Brandon Ingram has some some good shots in that game. Also, he played very well, and Ben Simmons just looked like like Ben Simmons. And then I, I was reading some of the stuff that would pop up on the social media feed, and they would talk about. Well, he 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 didn't play for a year and some change. Well, Giannis, well, I, I was looking at the graphic, and the graphic said that he was out for like um, 500 days or something. I mean, 200, 300 days or whatever it was. But he was out more days than Ben Simmons, maybe about 20 more days. So they both they were both out for the same amount of time. And Giannis had like this fire lit underneath him. You're talking about you're not Giannis, you're talking about my man. I mean, uh, Zion Williamson, pardon me. Thank you. Yeah, Zion mm-hmm. had this fire lit underneath him that Ben Simmons just did not have, and it was evident in, in the game. And he looked like a lot of what we've seen before, you know, not looking at the basket, uh, handing picking up his dribble 35 feet away, waiting to hand the ball off for somebody to come and, and take the basketball from him and set that screen. And it just kind of just drift around the around the um, perimeter. And next thing you know, on that one possession, as I was looking at it, when he, you know, how he does it, he comes. Let's say he gets a three point line on the wing. He picks up his dribble because he's expecting somebody to come. It's not always on the player to come and get the basketball to say that's the reason why he picked up the dribble. You don't pick up your dribble unless you know you're actually giving it up. And it took, I counted it. It took like six seconds off the shot clock. And, and you know, you're already. You're already not getting across until you're at 18 uh, to get a uh, 16 to get across the the half court line. And that's six more seconds. They're already at 12. And now they have to get into their offense because he gave up his dribble. And it was just the typical stuff that we see from him. It was only game one for him, too. I do expect him to be better. He's going to have his really good days. That was not a great debut for the Brooklyn Nets and Ben Simmons. I understand. I understand. Yeah, so tough one for them. Uh, but, hey, we'll see uh, when the 22nd hits of November and they come to town to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, we'll monitor stuff around the league. We will because we are basketball fans, and, and that's what we do. The Knicks took the Memphis Grizzlies to overtime but fell in that game. Cam Reddish went off uh, in that one. I don't get the whole Cam Reddish thing. He's super talented. He can score with score a big way, and he had a big number on, on Wednesday. I don't get how he just gets lost like that, but we'll, we'll see how it all progresses for the Knicks. Thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen today. That make your second listen. Locked On NBA. The NBA season is here, and our local NBA experts and insiders have you covered on and off the court all season long. All the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Available right here on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, if you don't mind letting the good folks know where they can find us. Got a big game tonight. Hey, man, I'm going to repeat what you just said. You can get wherever you can get us wherever you want to on YouTube, Odyssey. And you know what? Just listen to my man on the radio as well. <laughs> you can listen to the Divine Giving show tonight. Every night It's normally from six to six to ten. But when the Sixers play is immediately after the game. 
So what you'll do is as soon as you, I'm telling you, you you you, you either, even when you're in the arena, just put your headphones on, listen to it. If you're at the house, turn the, turn the TV off, listen to them, right? And, and then, you know, after that, you know what? Go to Twitter. You can follow my man D at DivineG975. You can follow me at Pompeii on Sixers, and you can read my stuff on about the Sixers in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Yeah, big game tonight, so make sure you tap in with Keith, of course, for all of his coverage. Appreciate it, Keith. Thanks, man. And uh, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow as we recap what happens tonight at the Penn Medicine Court at the center. Sixers Bucks game two, first game at home. Let's see how they respond after that tough loss on Tuesday. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good rest of your Thursday. Peace.